EcoHealth, your internet radio. Okay, like I said, road trip show today. Pit stops app and the road trip app. Diedrich, how's it going? Monday, Monday caught me by surprise again. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. supposed to be earlier, but uh, Monday, Monday just uh, did a did a bit of a U turn on me this morning at eight o'clock. So <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't so cool. A big but, problem. <laughs> but we're heading into exciting times. I mean, I had some really interesting stuff over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But firstly, we hit a little milestone with our downloads. Well, oh, yeah. first, the first download, the first podcast we ever did was one in Afrikaans, and it was um, about the, the two mobile apps that I got. Yeah. Pit Stops and Road Trip SA. And it hits 100 downloads today. Awesome. It's been cruising neck and neck with <laughs> awesome. one of our Kruger Park one, one of our Kruger Park podcasts, the one about the northern section in Kruger, full of stories about old Biver Kenya and Crook's Corner. And yeah, Crook's Corner. The Crook's Corner one. That, that, <laughs> for some reason, that, that one has also just taken off. It's... Literally, I think it's eight weeks younger than the pit stops one, yeah. And they both hit ninety nine last night. And I was hoping Kruger Park was going to take the lead because I love Kruger, yeah. But pit stops overtook it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So Just, in fact, as we sat down at the show, it clocked over from ninety nine to hundred. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we decided uh, we're going to go into that again, but this time we um, uh, thinking of our English listeners. Um, that cannot understand Afrikaans. Um, so, yeah, are we going to do that? No, because... Uh, yeah, first tell them when did you start the Pit Stops app and why? Wow, the Pit, Stop, Pit Stops app. Pit Stops app came to fruition because I, I have a, a service business, okay, and um, I service clients with houses, and I, I, I've, I've got a, ser- a little service business that I run, and I have a little fleet of diesel vehicles yeah yeah and next thing you know my one of my managers walks in and turns around and says um do you know diesel costs different prices of different garages and i say well what are you talking about because south africa <laughs> came out of a very very government heavily government regulated yeah. kind, kind of kind of society almost and government pegged fuel prices yeah. So fuel would there's a combination fuel. A lot of fuel gets obviously imported into South Africa. It's one of the few minerals we don't have is oil. We've got gas. We've got diamonds. We've got oil. We've got well, diamonds, gold, you name it, platinum. We're in the top top level of all the countries around the planet with everything except yeah. oil. Except oil. <laughs> we do make fuel or petrol and diesel out of um, natural gas. We've got a massive system down in the southern southern Cape called Moss Gas. Oh, and Cecil, yes. yes, Cecil yes. converts coal as well and gas to fuel. Yeah, that was world-leading technology in the 1970s and 1980s when South Africa actually developed that. And um, for the rest, we import fuel. So fuel for us is 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 a is is a hectic expense every month. Oh yes, and, and I mean, it's getting worse. And it's getting worse. It's getting worse sure. and worse and worse. And I always, and whenever I fill up my car, I've I've got a reason, not not a big SUV, but I drive a, 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 a mid range SUV. Yeah. And what I put into my fuel tank is more wages than a labourer earns in a week. Yeah. So somehow, <laughs> in my head, there's a disconnect there. Yes. It somehow just doesn't add up. Every time you fill up your car, you're earning more than the average guy earns in a week. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that just, again, is such a hindrance to development that that poor guy is never going to get there. He can't. How does he then start to afford a vehicle or start a little business or something Yeah. if you can't even afford the fuel to put in the tank? But that's yeah. – we're now going into politics and economics. <laughs> but this manager walks in. He says, diesel costs different. And I go, okay, um, let me go test it out. So I go drive around a little bit and I go check a couple of garages. And, yeah, the diesel prices varied and yeah. sometimes quite significantly. So I'm going, okay, how do I get my driver's – to fill up at a certain garage and secondly yeah. how do i get to know what price is being charged yeah. at that garage because the government had deregulated the, the price of diesel so the there's a base price that it gets supplied at but then the retailer yes. can put whatever markup he likes onto that price and by law they're supposed to advertise it on the side of the road you see the little billboards with lights and things saying the prices there by law it's supposed to be there yeah 
A lot of garages don't do it. A lot of them are sneaky, and they put the cheapest fuel price. They put, for example, the diesel 500 ppm price on the billboard yeah. and not the 50 ppm price, which is yes. normally a little bit more expensive to make them yeah. look good. <laughs> but again, when you're driving around town, you cannot remember 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 prices that you see every day. Yes. And fuel is one of those things. You arrive at the garage, you open the window, you tell the guy to fill it up, you hand over your business card, and you just say, well, we take what comes. Yeah. yeah. So I drove around and had a look at this, and I thought, okay trying to get my drivers to report back that was a waste of time try and yeah. get my drivers to record it or take a photograph waste of time <laughs> and eventually that idea of trying to keep a spreadsheet of prices and stuff just didn't work and that eventually transmogrified itself into a kind of a community mobile app i figured okay there's a lot of these apps that rely on people's input and public input on prices or reviews yeah. on restaurants or whatever it is yes you know was it a nice restaurant five star review bang okay nice little report the next guy has a lousy experience does it now does it one but i mean if you get 100 people with five stars or one guy with one then you that's how yeah. you get your your rating system so one yes. grumpy guy can't <clears throat> derail the process yeah and I got a guy to build the app for me, and it was a sort of a public participation thing. Okay. But it, it had moderate success. People were emailing us, oh, but there's no prices. Well, that's the whole idea that you help us get a price. Yeah, but I want the prices. No, help us with the prices, because if we get like a 1,000 people all putting the prices in, then everybody helps each other. Yeah. But yeah. that just somehow never took off. And that developer also... Um, had a lot of issues. This was, I mean, we're now talking about 2016, I think, 2015, 2016, when we started this thing. Okay. And he had to use a lot of third-party bits and pieces to build yeah. the app, and yeah. then something on a abracadabra phone wouldn't work, and then it wouldn't work somewhere else. So you'd have to update all the <laughs> software to make abracadabra uh, phone work. He gets abracadabra <laughs> phone working, then... Bravo phone doesn't work. Then you've got to fix the Bravo phone. And then then suddenly all the Zebra phones wouldn't work. It was a nightmare. So there's always something that didn't work on this on this damn thing. I like the phones you were talking about here. <laughs> Bravo, Zebra. Yeah, no, well, we're not allowed to advertise. You know, we don't, yeah, we don't, we're, yeah. not, we're not throwing makes out here. And we're not saying what a lousy phone is or what a good phone. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, now that I think about it, um, I think we throw, uh, put in about 500 rand a week. Um, that's half my salary. That is no, easy. ridiculous. Fuel is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. One but of anyway, these days so I'll have to uh, so the get a horse and a carriage to get, come to work. Yo. <laughs> no, but I think we, we're going to see, we're going to start, we're going to have to see carpooling and things, and there's going to be, yeah. there's going to be all sorts of stuff that, 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 that has to, that has to come in, yeah. come into places. The prices, the prices are just going crazy. Yeah. But so look, that app, that app eventually died. The developer walked up with a little memory stick with me the one day, a little USB drive, and he says, "Here's your app. Put it where the sun doesn't shine. I never want to see this thing again." Because it drove him so crazy trying to update these bits and pieces, and constantly trying to get all these third-party bits to talk yeah. to each other, and then to talk to this whole gaggle of different cell phones. <laughs> so the idea died for a little while. And then one day, I, on Facebook, I see someone's looking for mobile app developers. And I thought, hey, let me see if I can resurrect pit stops. Yeah. And I won't mention names, but a gentleman of my vintage arrives. <laughs> of your vintage. Of my vintage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> and he cut his teeth. I don't know if you even remember punch cards. Punch cards. Punch cards. This is before PCs. I mean, if you can think of an old yeah. organ grinder, they would put these pieces of paper in little holes and you get music out of the thing oh, computers yeah, yeah, used yeah, to run yeah. on those things yes computers used to run on those things he used to program computers on punch cards oh my word and he decided to take on the challenge of building this app he said now he can do this okay <laughs> and he actually did it very very successfully and he's still the developer behind behind the scenes today on the pit stops app oh awesome okay so we build the app now, of course, the next challenge is to get the data. Yeah. And um, government has got an, a website that's kind of outdated a little bit. I, haven't, I don't think they've done much to their website for the last two, three, maybe even longer. Yeah. Three years or so. <laughs> that's and what no they one do knows, with everything. <laughs> <laughs> and no one actually knows how many garages there are in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
so if you're trying to make an app to show garages, you're a little bit stuck because you don't know how many garages there are. Yeah. So we started now looking for garages. Okay. And we managed to buy an old database of Garmin or somewhere for like $20 or something. They gave us the first, da, 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 let, 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 let's call it 1,000 garages. And we thought we were doing really well. Yeah. Eventually, off government sites, we got a number of somewhere in the region of 5,000-something retail outlets. Okay. Okay. Well, there's our target. Um, right now, as of this morning, we have 5,648 retail outlets on our app. Wow. Okay. And it's still growing. Yeah. We're still finding new garages Yeah, as it goes. So the app right now is still a bit of a public participation app. If you do have the Pit Stops app and you are at a fuel station and you're filling up and the price is not there or it's on a zero, it's incorrect, you have the ability on the app to go onto that garage, edit it, and put the new price in for us. And that's always much appreciated. That's awesome, yeah. Because on the app you can see now what garage or what price diesel is within a 10-kilometer radius of where you are. Yeah. And to put this into perspective... In Cape Town, and we've got to know these guys. I mean, we published the, the the current version of the app was already published in March 2018. Yes, it's a free app at the moment. It's going to change very soon. We're putting it onto a little subscription basis. Yeah, because we yeah. poured an awful lot of money into it, and it's payback time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and again, imagine, yeah. we've really struggled to sell advertising on it. People don't have money for advertising anymore. They just those big yeah. budgets just aren't aren't there. So we, we have to now start recouping some of the money because there's now permanent staff involved yeah. with the app. And eventually we, we worked out that we can't rely on the public. Only about 3 or 4% of our updates actually come from public participation. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've now got permanent staff on the telephones. We've got a huge database of garages that we phone and yeah. actually get prices from. We've managed to get a, a, one or two of the bigger um, corporations to actually email us their pricing structures within an area. A lot of the co-ops, the, you know, like yeah, Nordvesku, yeah. Operasi, et cetera, et cetera. They yes. great. They email us every month. They tell us what their prices are. And every month, first Tuesday of every month at midnight, i.e. tomorrow night, yeah. <laughs> the new fuel price, though the fuel price changes yeah. come into effect. And... <clears throat> We are facing a one rand, I think it's a one rand 44 or one rand 42 rand yeah. per liter increase on diesel. Yeah. yeah Petrol, I think, I think is one rand 20 something. Yes. Petrol is still regulated. Okay. So this, the app doesn't work with petrol drivers. It'll show yeah. you where the garages are. We have a fair number of people who download it just so yeah. they can find the garages, especially if you are stuck on a brand. You, you like yeah. Shell or you like Caltex or you like Sassel or whatever it is. Yes. It shows you where the brands are as well. So you can ignore the price and just download it just to use yeah. and find the locations. Because what we find is, especially with the diesel prices, in Cape Town, for example, there was one month we found a six rand per liter difference. Whoa. Yes. Six rand per liter. That's and that was, um, we know the guys, because one guy's always super expensive in Cape Town. <laughs> and there's literally within two kilometers of him, six rand a liter now. Cheaper. Cheaper. Or yeah. difference. Six rand per liter difference. So the, so the guy who's, who's six rand cheaper than the, than the expensive guy is not necessarily the cheapest. Yeah. That was just within a small radius. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're working out and you got a, you're driving an SUV and you've got an 80 liter tank... You drive it, maybe not till the orange light comes on, so you're looking for 70 liters. Yeah. 70 yeah, liters. 70 liters. <laughs> That's 70 liters times six bucks. Yeah. 400 rand, just over 400 rand. Yeah. That's Difference a- just by going around the corner to a different garage. Yeah. No, that's hectic. <laughs> and if you do that on a trip from Johannesburg to Cape Town, you can literally, cha- you can literally save yourself a thousand rand per trip just on your diesel cost. Yeah. That's Again, a place, a place like um, Beaufort West. Now, Beaufort yeah. West, and I'm driving Johannesburg to Cape Town. is one of my preferred o- overnight stops. It's just that nice distance out of Joburg, and you're yeah. getting into Beaufort West just as the sun sets, just in time for a cold beer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but you stop, in, you stop in town, and you hit the top end of town. You've got the most expensive fuel. You drive through town. You take that, that, that right bend. You go over the bridge into the industrial areas. You've got all yeah. the truck stops. Yes. You've got a three-rand a liter difference. Jeez, yeah. 
that's <laughs> that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Just because you're now going to a truck stop, it's not it's not a pleasant stop. They yeah. dirty and they smoky and they oily, but the yeah. diesel's the same stuff. Yeah, it's the same stuff you're putting into your into your into your into your engine. Yeah, three, so it's three rand times seventy liters. That's that's a lot. Again, that pays yeah. your lunch. Yeah. That, that, that's your that's your putt course. Your putt course is paid for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so the pit stops app is really really working. Just for those um, that don't not know what uh, putt course means, it means it's food that you take on the road. But yeah, that's it. Road road food. Literal translation. Putt course. Putt yeah. is road. Course is food. So road food. Yeah. So your snacks. Yeah, your snacks. And uh, uh, when we talk about uh, petrol stations or whatever, it's a, a fueling station. Yeah, we use different tem- terminology to other countries. <laughs> we yeah, are petrol, petrol, petrol here is gas in America. Yeah, um, I don't know what else they what else they would use it, but gas station. Yeah, but I mean, we're sitting at the moment at just over twenty two and a half thousand downloads of pit stops. Sure, that's so. Quite pit a stops bit, has yeah. really, really taken off. So it's showing yeah. that there's a definite need. And a want because it's a very useful little app. It's a free app, like I said. We're going to be turning it into a subscription app within the next month or two. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to be stupid expensive, but yeah. it's a numbers game. Lots and lots and lots and lots of little monies. Yes, will yeah. will will help us keep this thing going. Yeah, no, definitely. And again, there's some interesting stuff happening with pit stops. We actually sell the data. There's a couple of companies that have asked us to put up little APIs that send the data as we get price updates or we find trends and stuff. They work their magic yeah. with it. They can see what areas and zone, whatever they do with it. And they yeah. pay us a monthly retainer um, for that data. So if someone's out yeah. there and wants, wants fuel price info, get hold of us. We are able to send you that kind of pricing detail. GPS companies are starting to rely on us for the locations of garages. Oh, that's awesome. Which is no, actually awesome. That's very awesome. Because a, a lot of the GPS guys rely for example on google maps yeah yeah and google maps Sucks. wonderful product as it is has an awful lot of outdated spots on it yeah and also what happens is somebody who works somewhere goes onto google maps says oh i work for blah blah garage or i work for xyz company he makes a location point but it's his house ah. and then the next thing <laughs> you know this guy's house has got that he's now xyz pty limited and that data never changes Oh, yeah. So I've followed GPS data before to check it out and compare my pit stops database to the GPS stuff. I've wound up in cemeteries. I have wound up in industrial <laughs> parks. I've wound up in suburbs. The- I've wound up in the middle of, of, of informal settlements and squatter camps, which is now marked as a garage. <laughs> and clearly the guy who lives there works for the garage, and he's really trying to do his best, and he puts a location mark in. Yeah. And he marks it as the local shell or something, but he's now in the middle of, a, of an informal settlement. Yeah. So, you know, the GPS data Isn't is, is sometimes yeah. a little bit off on that one. So the data that we've got on these fuel stops is literally correct within 10 meters or so yeah. of every single spot we've got on there. And that was actually our biggest challenge is getting <laughs> the data. Cemeteries. <laughs> I, I think the only gas you're going to get. You don't want to talk about that gas. Methane. <laughs> a lot of methane gas coming out of there. <laughs> But no, but seriously, and I've had a lot of people doing that. You know, oh no, but I just use I just use Google Maps on my cell phone. I say, well, buddy, good luck. Right now, yeah. it's a free download, so I'm not going to cost you anything. Yeah, trust me, it's a better product. Yes, and then invariably they come back and go, yeah, I know, I did actually have a funny one here, and I, oh, it did take me off this route over here, and yeah, and. yeah. <laughs> so, are we hoping, and especially now with the current crisis, yeah, it's we're talking hectic. about the whole Russia Ukraine thing. We're talking about America cutting the domestic supply, etc. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's madness. It's absolute madness what's happening with it. Yeah. <laughs> and fuel prices are skyrocketing everywhere. Absolutely yeah. everywhere. I mean, South Africa, we're going to be seeing we're going to be seeing twenty two rand a liter or twenty two rand yeah. fifty a liter yes, within the next it's week. It's ridiculous. And I, I I think we're going to see a twenty three rand somewhere. And somewhere somewhere in South Africa, some guy is going to hit twenty three rand or twenty four rand a liter for fuel. Yeah, easily. And, again, it's crippling small business. It's crippling the small guys with one or two little vehicles. Yeah. Because the, the fuel cost, like I said earlier, you know, you're putting a week's wages 
empty your fuel tank just to drive around. Yeah. And as if you're a guy who's offering free quotes or, you know, free assessments or this, those costs are skyrocketing. And eventually you, you actually just can't hold those prices anymore. It's just going to become unpayable. Yeah, it is. Guys trying to get in and out of work into the office. Maybe the work from home thing now is a great idea because you're not spending yeah. money on fuel. Yeah, I think we're going to go back to that. <laughs> work from home. But if you if you are driving, just a couple of tips on this one. I mean, look, number one, download pit stops because it's got the database of garages. Yeah. And location-wise, we are 100% on our locations. We are sometimes a little bit behind on the brands of the garages. It's an interesting trend because we've got what we call um, the big seven. Oh, yeah. Now, the big seven for us are the big brands, which is obviously um, Engine, Celtic, Shell, Total, BP, and Sassel. Yeah. Those are the guys with the most fuel stations around the country. Yeah. And they actually make up 92% of our database. Okay. So 92% yeah. of all garages are what we call the big seven. The big seven. But if you count with well, the number that I've given you, I've been giving you six. <laughs> but we call we call ours the big seven because yeah. we also count now what we call the independents. Oh, okay, the independents. And there's an awful lot of garages that have gone away from the big brand names. Yeah. So they've now got a name, or it's just a stock standard owner-run single fuel station. Yeah. And he is then supplied by whoever gives him the best price. Yeah. Because we've also tapped into another great little system, which is a pre-order e-wallet for bulk deliveries of diesel that the normal user can also tap into, and it's called oh. I Want Fuel. Okay. So it's a little e-wallet system where you now get the benefit of the bulk discounts that, 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 that the yeah. big guys can get. Okay. But the independents are actually growing at an incredible rate. Every single month, we see the number of independents creeping up. Yeah, and I and, suppose their prices are cheaper. Well, they, they're not bound by franchise fees. They're yeah. not bound by you will buy from this supplier, etc. Because it's a whole yeah. intricate network of contracts and who buys from who and who gets one cent or two cents or ten cents a litre, etc., etc. Yeah. So your independent can now go shop around and go to a guy who's got a fuel tanker, for example, and the fuel tanker guy is not bound to anyone, so he goes yeah. and shops around, and then he can work out his price because he buys it now from where yes. the pipeline pops out the ground, for example. Yeah. Now, South Africa's got a massive underground system of pipeline supplying fuel at horrendous 16,000 liters a second and stuff are flowing through some of these Jeez. pipelines, for example, okay. from Durban into I, Johannesburg. I did not know that. And, you know, that's a relatively <laughs> cheap exercise. So then there's yeah. depots... Dotted around like Johannesburg as an example. Yeah, yeah. And the fuel price then depends on how far you are from that depot. Yes. Because that then now involves a transport charge. Yes, of course, yes. Yeah. You know, so if you are close to one that, say, for example, happens to be close to the East Rand somewhere and you happen to be close to this guy, he's only got three or four kilometers to drive. Yeah. He's going to deliver cheaper to you than he is to the outlier 50, 60 kilometers away. Yeah. <laughs> so your independent guy can now choose and find these guys to deliver. Yes. And negotiate a better price. So he can offer it as a cheaper price to his clients. Yes. And right now there's an awful lot of shopping going on on fuel prices. Yeah. I which is imagine, why Pit yeah. Stops works because we give him the pump price. Whatever the pump price is, you will find then on the Pit Stops app. Yes. But the independents are growing at a rate that we're not seeing with the big brands. And it's just an interesting yeah. shift in the business of fuel supply. Okay. You know, and although a lot of people sweat by different fuel brands, you know, it's like you have your phone. You will always buy a blah, blah phone or you will always have an XYZ type of computer. Yeah. There's a lot of people that say, I will only put this into my car. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. good luck. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. But the stuff is all actually made in what I two or three different refineries around the country, if they're yes. running, because the refineries in Durban are just shut down again. Oh, why? <sighs> Is it because I of think, last year's... Uh, I think it has a lot to do with last year's insurrection. I had, it's, it's too risky. One of them caught fire. One of the main... The main oh, one, of the, yeah. one of the big refineries in Durban caught fire last year as well. Nothing to do with the insurrection, but it caught fire, maybe a little bit of aging infrastructure or something, or, or who knows, and it's in the middle of town. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's not great having something like that blowing up in flames. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
so yeah, so we're going to start relying more and more and more on imports. Yeah. Which again is worrying because you can strangle someone's economy yeah. very, very quickly by denying them fuel imports. So, so yeah, it's just an interesting little shift in our, in our fuel industry. I think let's quickly go to some music and uh, we'll be back. Perfect. Okay, and we are back. We had a quick break, refueled our uh, bottles of water. You're listening here to Radio Eco Health uh, with me, Devolt, or as some people know me as Gypsy and Diedrich van Hoff. I remember your surname. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and we're discussing the Pit Stops app, and then we're going to go over to the Road Trip app as well, and just talking about fuel prices and all that. Diedrich, over to you. So, yeah, Pit Stops had, a, it's had, a, it's had its couple of it's interesting moments and it's a it's a it's a funny it's a funny little app a lot of people don't like it um i think the 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 most angry i've ever had anybody get at me <laughs> was a lady who owned several fuel stations oh yeah because in the early days of pit stops we thought hey wow you know these guys are going to welcome it and going to get the garages on board and they're going to love yeah. this thing and and we took it to a crowd that is a regulatory body okay of in within the fuel industry let's leave it yeah. at that no names no petrol <clears throat> yeah <laughs> so we sit down in the meeting they have their monthly board meeting whatever it is and then we give a little presentation and we explain to them what we're doing how we're going to do it and how we can help promote their fuel stations and what 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 yeah and this one lady stands up and goes you're going to tell the public what we sell our fuel at. I say, yes, that you've got it. You got it in one. Well yes. done. You got it. You're not allowed <laughs> okay. to do that. Oh, okay, what do you mean? Okay. I'm, what, explain to me how I'm not allowed to do that. No, we already put our prices up on the pavement and you're not allowed to advertise our prices. Okay, madam, it's free industry. Of course, I'm allowed to do this. It's the same as me putting something in the newspaper and saying that the different supermarkets sell milk at different prices. What, what the hell? Yeah, you know, same product, different prices, or Millipup or whatever. I mean, you go to yeah. you go to three different different supermarkets. Millipup is different prices. Yeah, and it's entirely up to me if I go. Hey guys, go to go to the corner shop. There exists two rand a kilo cheaper than the big guys. Yeah, <laughs> and this lady owned, I think, three or four fuel stations, all of different brands in different areas. Yeah. Now. It's the one and only time I've ever had someone actually foam at the mouth at me. <laughs> she was foaming. She was spitting. She was spitting. She was so cross. And she actually climbed onto the boardroom table. Very unladylike behavior. <laughs> but she climbed onto the boardroom table to actually come and hit me. Oh, my soul. <laughs> and I'm sitting and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm going, well, you know, what have I done here? <laughs> and her entire reasoning was that no, it's regulated and you're not allowed to do this and the poor guy around the corner is struggling, you're not allowed to make him out to be the bad guy and she was gonna organise protests, she was gonna go on fuel strikes, <laughs> she was gonna shut the refineries down, she was gonna organise a countrywide strike of yeah. the guys, the forecourt personnel were gonna, gonna go on strike <laughs> and I was gonna carry on with this and I mean I just stood there in amazement going I've clearly hit a nerve here. Yeah. Because <laughs> all I'm doing is I'm showing Joe Public that her garages are my, maybe a rand or two rand more expensive than the guy across the across the street, or cheaper, or cheaper. Yeah, and that's that's I think why they don't like us. The garages, a lot of garages do not like us, <laughs> and it's not amazing because I mean you go into some of these small little towns, and I've been into these little dopies before, where you stop and there's literally a fuel station on. On all four corners of the intersection is a fuel station. Yeah. They're all different brands. And, all and of course, prices. owner number one doesn't want the traveler now to know that he is two rand a litre more expensive than owner number two on the other side of the road. Yeah. They don't want that info to get out. Yeah. I feel for the, I feel for the garage owners. I really do. Because yeah. the fuel is not where they make their money. The money comes from the shop and the auxiliaries and the newspapers yeah. and the chocolates and the cokes and the, the tires and the car wash. That, that's where they make their money. 
So they really struggle for margins. Yeah. But again, I look at that and I go, well, that's not my, as a consumer, that's not my problem. Yeah. I don't. I, it's not. It's not up to me to feel sorry for the supermarket owner if he's being charged an exorbitant rent by the shopping centre. Yeah. Not nothing to do with me. I want my product at a fair price. Yes. So it's a bit of a. Yeah, it's a double. It's a double-edged sword on this one. Yeah. But. You know, Joe, public loves us. We get a lot of buying from the cheap guys. We get a lot of buying from the wholesalers. We get a lot of buying yeah. from the independents who are turning around and saying, yes, I am two, three, four rand a liter cheaper than the big guys across town. Yeah. They want that info out there. Yeah. So we've probably got about a 30, 40% buying from garages and a 60% hate from the garages. <laughs> I've even got one guy who regularly takes his price and puts it back down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then I'm going to stop there. Okay. Okay, so I can get a full tank of fuel for free. No, it, ju- it, just, it just means that his, his garage, then, when you do the sort on the app, because the app, you can sort by distance, by brand, by, by price, by, by fuel type. Yeah. You know, it just yeah. means that his garage, then, doesn't feature. So his regular customers won't then find out yeah. where, he, where he sits in the market. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, literally goes and puts his price to zero. Update. He puts his price back to zero. No, that's what you call a dumbass. Ah, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, that lady, that lady who was foaming at the mouth, that there's, was something else. There's that always was, one of them somewhere. Yeah. one of those types. There's always one of those types somewhere. <laughs> but that that was hilarious. Myself and my buddy walked out of there, and we sort of went. That was like. Out of zone, weird <laughs> Twilight stuff. Zone. We'll we'll put that into the into the into the memoirs one day. <laughs> but I mean, look, I, I I also do believe I think the fuel industry is heavily heavily oversubscribed with fuel stations. Yeah, there's like you said, you know, a little dorpy does not need four fuel stations on one on one intersection. Yeah, <laughs> and those yeah. poor guys are now fighting for business because the shop is the same they all sell a cold drink and a a chocolate and a newspaper and what have you and it's very hard to differentiate that yeah (laughs) so that's massive competition there yeah but i think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with our fuel prices government has been approached now to deregulate petrol okay it's been on the cards for a long time a lot of the fuel retailers don't want it to happen because it's a protected business. It's the good old Afrikaner mentality. I'm in my lager. Yeah, yeah. I've got my security wall around me, and I don't actually have to do business because I'm being told what to, what to buy it for and what to sell it for. Yeah. And I think a deregulation of the fuel price, of the petrol price, would work wonders in the economy. It's a bit of a cop-out by government because they will be passing on the reductions to the retailer and not reducing the stupid amounts of taxes that they're charging on fuel. Yeah. I think, I six, think rand, six rand something, six rand 80 or something of every liter of fuel you buy yeah. is government taxes. I, I think it comes to 38%. <coughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. And that's why when you go over the border to Botswana, you go over the border into Swaziland or Eswatini mm. or Lesotho, yeah. their fuel is cheaper than South African fuel, but they buy it from us. <laughs> but they don't okay. have as much tax on their fuel. Yeah. That's why it's cheaper across the border to answer those, those, those questions that you forever see when someone goes across the border and suddenly say, ah, but it's two rand, three rand liter cheap in Swaziland. Yeah. The Swazi government does not charge the taxes that South Africa does. Yeah. So, you know, the government will be passing on that discount to the retailer rather than them reducing their taxes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and has been proven time and time and time and time again around the world, Reduce the taxes and reduce that cost business booms because you're allowing the businessman yeah. to get going and do stuff. Yeah. And right now, fuel, now you're thinking twice of going to a now meeting. You, now, you, and now you're doing thinking twice. So do I really want to go and do that quote? Do I really want to do that delivery or must I make the guy come and get his stuff? Yeah. And it's it's a shackling business. Sorry, that's that's. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I honestly believe that those fuel prices got to come down. Even if government subsidizes the damn stuff, I don't know. But they've got to do something. But yeah. obviously, as for the app. We're hoping that government deregulates the petrol price. Yeah. Because that means every single person on the road has got a reason to download pit stops. Yeah. Now, I, I take myself as a singer. I have to go to different uh, towns and stuff to go perform. Now I have to put, put up my price um, so that I can be sure I get enough money out of this uh, to justify driving that distance. 
No, absolutely. And the venue owner has to then pay you, and then he has to make sure that he's got to make enough profit out of it and yeah. sell enough beers and what have you in order to make the money to keep on going in and in. So it's a massive roll-in effect. So yeah. Fuel is. fuel is the, is the kickstart of, of, of a lot of the inflationary pressures that we're seeing. Yeah. But yeah, so uh. Pit Stop's a very interesting lap. It's available on Google. It's available on the Play Store. Just look for it. Pit Stop's. Pit little, little blue and white logo with a red, red fuel pump needle on it. And you'll find it very, very easily, and it's all over the place. Or find us on yeah. our Facebook page. Follow yeah. us on our Facebook page. We do a lot of interesting interesting info on fuel and fuel prices around the world and where things are going, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, it actually gives me a bloody headache just to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going up uh, tomorrow night, 12 o'clock, it's going up. Tomorrow night, 12 o'clock, is going up. So if you uh. do have a big one... Get pit stops. Look for the look for the lowest price in your area and go and fill up. You're going to save yourself two or three hundred bucks minimum. Yeah. If you fill up now, take a couple of jerry cans with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad idea. I think I must fill the bucket up to the rim, and I've got a lot of these five liter bottles. Yeah, no, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, all my buckies go get filled up. All my vehicles get filled up. We'll fill up the jerry cans as well. Yeah. Okay, and it just saves you that three, four, five, six hundred bucks at the end of the day by filling up from a jerry can next week rather than going to the pump. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh well. So what are we doing now? Going over then, to the Then I think we can get on to the road trip road trip app. Because again it's a very much the same kind of technology. It's 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 dots on a map. The pit stops app is the the dots are fuel fuel station with a with a name and a location and a fuel price. But my background has always been in tourism. Yeah. And my service business started up as an accident at some stage and is now working. <laughs> as an accident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it 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 did start as an accident. My wife had me doing some handyman stuff at home. Oh yeah. And uh some tiles came off the bathroom wall. I was trying to put some drill holes through it. Oh, and You lovely. pull the tiles off, and then under the corners, the tiles come out, and a whole lot of mm. dust and rubbish and rat poo and bird nest and rubbish <laughs> fell on my head. And I thought, no, man, I can't do this. I'm going to vacuum my ceiling. Mm-hmm. So off I go, and I find myself a little vacuum cleaner, industrial vacuum cleaner. I buy the thing, come home with it, explain to the missus that this is now going to be the vacuum cleaner for the cars are not inside. Yeah. To get away with it. <laughs> Me and Gardner disappear into the roof and we vacuum out the roof. <laughs> and we came out with 18 kilos of dust and rubbish and bird nests and old oh. tools and God knows what else came out of that wow. roof space. And I put it outside on a tarpaulin to take a photograph of it to show the missus that I was doing something that day. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> it was off season, it was tourism in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah. And I took a photograph or two, and I look at my next-door neighbor's roof, and I go, hmm, hmm, if I've got it, you've got it. He has a business. So I started a business vacuuming out roof spaces. <laughs> I sent cruiser people into roof to vacuum out your roof space. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that's grown now into insulation and waterproofing and fixing ceilings and tiles and all sorts of other stuff. Okay, cool. But it's based on... on Vacuum, vacuuming dust out of the roof space and yeah, think yeah. about it, if you don't dust your dining room table for 10 years what's it going to look like Yeah, that's yeah. what your roof space looks like Okay, yeah. that's the dust and rubbish we take out of your roof space and that yeah. filters down into your house and you yeah. especially what rats rat poo disintegrates and bird poo disintegrates and it all filters yeah. down into your house and you're breathing it and it's not rocket science to work out that there's not a great plan yeah. <laughs> so get it out of your roof. It's a company called Roof Rats. Look for Roof Rats. Roof Rats. Roof Rats. I like that. That's <laughs> so awesome. that, that's where I, that's why I've got the buckies and that's where pit stops came from. <laughs> and it started up in off tourism season. Yeah. So back to tourism, that was my first business. I have a safari company. I'm an inbound tour operator. And uh I spent many, many years of my life as a tourist guide on the big coaches. Yeah. Um working for some of the big operators that get these massive series. The way it works is that a company, say, in Holland, markets 
or in, in, in the Netherlands, markets in magazines and on newspapers, what 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 we will take you to South Africa on a 10, 15, 21-day yeah, yeah. itinerary. They put the groups together. They do all the admin. They find an operator in, in the country that they want to operate in. Yes. And that operator then does the bus. They they're the coach. They do the accommodation. They organize the, you know, all yes, the bits and pieces yes. that fit into that itinerary. And along with that, you put a tour guide or a tourist guide yeah. on the coach. Yes. I made my living for many years because I speak fluent Dutch. So I got into the Dutch market. Ah, lovely. My Say first, something my first, in Dutch for the me, first, please. The first couple of tours I did <laughs> was more Nederkans than, than, than actual Nederlands. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but as you got into it, my Dutch, my Dutch became completely fluent. So I made my living being a Dutch tour guide on, on, on these big coach tours. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, although I've been doing this now, wow. Since 1991, I started my own tour company as well. So, you know, you've, you've got this years and years and years of experience of traveling and driving and going all over the show, but there's no way you can know every piece of history, every statue, every monument, every memorial. It's just not possible. Yeah, yeah. And you sometimes you get given an itinerary by one of these operators, and suddenly you now donnering off down through the Karoo or something off the normal <laughs> tourist route and you're going into little towns that you little, yeah. you haven't seen the place for 20 years yeah and yeah you hit a war memorial or you hit a museum or the operator has suddenly decided that that's the restaurant you're going to go to oh yeah and uh, yeah. you've got to have something to say about it yeah so <laughs> the road trip app was sort of born from that background and I think I've told the story once or twice before but it actually started in in Beaufort West Oh yeah, it was Beaufort West. Yeah, I think it was Beaufort West, where um, go into town, little memorial on the side of the road. Stopped, had a look at it, didn't know what it was. Got out, took a picture, found out it was a little memorial to the for the 60th anniversary of the accession of Queen Victoria to the throne, bought by public subscription of the inhabitants of that little town. Oh, yeah. Okay. I went, wow, that's kind of cool. No one knows that. <laughs> so I took a photograph of it. Yeah. And that eventually grew into the road trip app. Awesome. Putting down locations of all these little memorials and monuments and statues yeah. and little points of interest. And, and, I mean, there are thousands of these things. We're sitting on just over 3,000 spots yeah. on our app at the moment. The app is obviously aimed directly at tourists whether it is yeah. local tourist or international tourist doesn't matter it's aimed at tourists and it's aimed at local historian or amateur historian yeah because yeah. every single spot we've got on there has got a very a little brief description yes of yes. that spot it's got a photograph it's got the location you can navigate to it same as the pit stops app has got navigation functions so you actually find the place yeah yeah and it's got a little description written now the guy who who writes the descriptions is um, a gentleman gentleman by the name of Emil Kutsia. Now, Emil at the moment is busy with his PhD in history at the University of Northwest. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a, his first degree was in, I think it's called museology, museumology, museology. Okay. <laughs> so he has a degree in how to be a curator of a museum. Okay. That again is an entire wow. science all on its own yeah, on how to put the displays together, how to put together that display and diorama and description and history and, and, and. Yes. So that, that, that's his background. He's now a lecturer of history at the University of the Northwest. And him and I are collaborating on this mobile app. Yeah, yeah. And I just said to him, look, and his hobby, his hobby is when he, when he has a couple of free days, he gets into his little car and he goes and drives around takes photographs of monuments that he doesn't have yes. and uh, tries to find out about it. Now, this guy's awesome. knowledge of history is he's, he's a walking encyclopedia on this stuff. And <laughs> I just sit and listen to this guy. I spark a conversation. I sit back and I drink three beers while he carries on about a subject. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's the source of most of the info on the app. My knowledge of history disappears into nothing. Compared to this guy, yeah, yeah, and, and and you've got a lot of knowledge about this. So, yeah, I can imagine. I think I think, be... I think I'm just a better storyteller. Yeah, he's, he's not a great storyteller. He's got incredible knowledge, but I think I'm the storyteller on this one. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and 
just driving around the country is i mean i I just love it i'm as i'm the happiest i'm the happiest when i'm on a dirt road somewhere and you're driving <laughs> into some little dorpy that you've never seen before and you're going what's waiting for me here yeah <laughs> and you get into this little town and you go how do these people sustain themselves what yeah what yeah. what gives you how, how does this operate and yes. then in the middle of town you've invariably got some statue and it's always on the church square Every single dorpy in South Africa has got it's a Van Riebeck Avenue and a church and a church street. And yeah, I, yeah. the intersection of Church of Van Riebeck is where you find the statues. And yeah. <laughs> There's always a church. There's always street. a church street. But you know, we joke on it, but you find those memorials and there's some invariably some guy sitting on his horse there or there's a, yeah. there's something in that little town and you go, What what started this? Yeah. And I mean, South Africa's got such an incredible and varied and magic history. I mean, the other day, I mean, if, okay, if I describe, let, let's say my last, my last three weeks with, 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 with road trip. Now, road trip, understand, is one of several things that I'm running. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're coming up now, for example, for the anniversary of the 1922 strike. Yes, yes. Massive, massive event in South Africa's history. Or in Johannesburg's history, the white miners went on strike in 1922. It, it had a rollback effect from the Anglo-Boer War. Yeah, Refugees yeah. from the farms. The farms had been burnt. The old soldiers coming back into the cities. Yeah. Johannesburg was a massive mining town. The demand for labor was mm. insatiable in those, yeah. in those mines. So these guys got sucked into this mining system working underground. Yeah, yeah. But... They had protected protected working rights as whites as opposed to the blacks. They were yes. di- there was different legal systems for them. There was a 1922, there's a bit of a worldwide economic slump. Bang. Yes. Gold yeah. is not profitable anymore. And the mining houses now propose to drop the wages of the white miners. Yeah. Not the black miners. They propose to drop the white miners because that's the expensive part of the labor force. Yes, yes. Boom. Much unhappiness, of course. Yeah. Government steps back and goes, oops, nothing to do with us, boys. This is private industry. Uh, the mining houses must fix. Yeah. So, again, much even more unhappiness. And this blows up into a massive strike. Strike turns into basically an insurrection. You're talking yeah. 1922. These are guys who have come out of World War One in 1918. Yeah. They've been at the Western Front. We fought in France in the trenches. These are hardened soldiers. They don't care. Yes. Yeah. They now decide to take on the government. A little bit of um, encouragement in inverted commas from the Communist Party. The Communist Party got involved as workers' rights, rah, rah, etc., etc. Yeah. So, bang, we now wind up with fully fledged, in, fully fledged insurrection in Johannesburg. Yeah. Armies called in, and I think we deployed something like fifteen or 18,000 troops. Yeah. That's a lot of troops. And uh, we touched on this last week. We as touched well, on this one in last previous, week. Uh, podcast, yeah. So we've now got this, 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 this huge insurrection in Johannesburg. Army gets called in. So I get hold of Emil and I go, listen, but, you know, we've got this, 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 this 1922 strike centenary coming up. But you go onto the mobile app, there's nothing on the app. Yeah. There's one memorial in Brakpan. <laughs> and there was one memorial in Brakpan. There was a one regimental um, memorial in the Brixton Cemetery for the Transvaal Scottish. Okay. Because the Transvaal yeah. Scottish were heavily involved in the, in, in the, in the Rand, Rand Revolt. Yeah. And it had a brief mention in one other spot. But you read the history of this thing. The Air Force bombed Benoni and Fortsburg. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> there was artillery. Artillery was put... At the intersection yeah, yeah. of Smuts Avenue and Empire. Uh, in Joburg. In Joburg. Just outside Joburg in yeah. Fitz University right now. Yes, At yes. that intersection. Artillery. Yes. Guns. <laughs> artillery guns. The Transvaal Horse Artillery is parking there with its artillery shooting into Fordsburg. Yeah. Wow. Our Air Force is bombing. 15,000 soldiers are involved. This guy's being shot and killed. The Transvaal Scottish lost 13 men in the attack on Fordsburg. Yeah. But yet, there's not a single memorial anywhere. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Eh? And I have a chat to Emil about this. And, I go, and he says, well, look, it was the sort of the 
fledgling government, young smuts, this, that, the next thing. says the government probably is way too embarrassed by this whole thing. Yeah. That the whites were now in an uprising against the white government. Yeah. So they sort of calmed it down and sort of wished it went away. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah, that kind sweep of makes it sense. Under the rug. Sweep it under the rug. Sweep it under the rug. So I go, okay, we need to add some spots to our, yeah. to our app. <laughs> so by chance, I get hold of the Johannesburg Heritage Foundation. I have a chat to them. I'm saying, look, I'm looking for some graves in the Brixton Cemetery. Oh, no, we know exactly where they are. Two people from Johannesburg Heritage arrive. We meet them there. One of the guys from the Transvaal Scottish comes along. I'm an old ex-Transvaal Scottish guy. So he comes along because there's one Transvaal Scottish grave we've never been able to find in that cemetery. Yeah. And we spend a morning grave hunting in the, in the, in the Brixton Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and we found the leaders of the insurrection. Um, two guys that led the whole thing who eventually got cornered in a little spot in Fordsburg and committed suicide rather than get taken by the troops. Oh, yes, yeah. I then read about the Battle of Ellis Park. Ever heard of the Battle of Ellis Park? Yeah, you mentioned it uh, Yeah, the, Imperi- the Imperial Light Horse, one of the regiments got, <laughs> they got called up, got ambushed on the fields of Ellis Park. The strikers set up machine guns and rifles, rifle off, off, off the embankment and shot into their camp. Oh, wow. Again, Several killed and dead and all the rest of it. There's not a single memorial, but there's a beautiful mural stuck up on one of the walls to commemorate the Battle of Ellis Park. So I went, I went and I found a couple of these places. I went into Fordsburg, just out, just to the north of the um, Oriental Plaza. Yeah. And again, a spot I never even knew existed. It's called Fordsburg Square. Okay. But you walk into Fordsburg Square, and it's all these little shops. And the curry smells and the smell of that oh, cooking yes. that comes out of there is yes. enough to make your mouth water. <laughs> yeah. And the place is deserted at the moment. It's such a pity. And you go past these little stores, and I took a couple of photographs. I bought myself a packet of lacquer samosas there. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, <laughs> what do you call those things? Adriuki Kuli Cookies? Yeah. Samosa. Samosa. I, I got the most delicious samosas from one of the little street vendors there. Yeah. And I found... The building that was used as the last fortification of the strikers before they committed suicide. It's there on the corner, a little blue plaque oh, on the wall. Okay. Commemorating it. So that was that was two or three days out of, out of my last week now finding a couple of these spots for the nineteen twenty two strike. And within the next yeah. week or two we'll start seeing those being added added to the app. Yeah. But I mean that to me that is just I don't know. I get a kick out of it. I find that building. I find this yeah, market. Yeah. I, I buy. I buy the most yummy samosas out of this market, and <laughs> they, they I find this nice. little history spot. And I find a mural that tens of thousands of people drive past when they're going to go watch a rugby match at Ellis Park, yeah, yeah. but have got no clue. Yeah. No clue what it's about. Yeah. If you had to <laughs> guess on it, you're going to say it's about the 1994 election or something, or because it's, it looks like guys fighting police or army. Yeah. But it's the 1922 strike. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. But I see. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to the next episode mm-hmm. just in a little while. I think we're going to go listen to some music. And uh, then we'll start the next round. <laughs> How's that sound? Like a... Cheers. That can only work. Mm-hmm.